Thank you for tuning in to Z Code Sports Betting Podcast. Let the show begin. Today on our show, we have a special guest. He is well known in the Z Code community for many years. And I have been chomping at the bit to tap into his brain and to get his secrets, his insights, all his knowledge to becoming a winning sports investor. I want everybody on the show to meet Jeff. He is also known as JFin in the community. He is the creator of the JFin System, Z Code Sports Investing Book Contributor, a championship team captain professional Spartan athlete, and just an all-around great, smart guy who really helps everybody out in the community, and a lot of people follow his advice and look to him for guidance, so we're very grateful to have him on the show. Jeff, great to have you here on the Z-Code Sports Betting Podcast, and you are actually one of our first five guests. We could not wait any longer to book you and to have you on, so we're glad you made time for us. Really excited to have you on the show. Why don't you take a minute for those who are maybe not so familiar with you or part of the Zico community and let us know a little bit about yourself and where you're from. Sure. Thank you very much. Very happy to, to, to get the opportunity to be on here and share some information with everyone and get to know you as well. So thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm from San Diego, California, born and raised, um, married, have two beautiful daughters and, uh, love sports. It's my passion. And, uh, that's pretty much the extent of it. You know, I, I, uh, I've been doing sports investing now for, for since law school. Uh, it's been going on about seven years and, and really am a diehard sports fanatic. It's my drug. It, it's really what motivates me on a, on a daily basis besides my family and, of course, business. But, you know, the real passion and, and thrill from what I like to do and, and where I find my inspiration always comes from, this, from sports, playing sports, watching sports, investing on sports. It really is that microcosm that kind of, brings competition out, which is what I really love. So that's a little bit about who I am and uh, and kind of how I got involved in, in sports. Well, you're clearly very passionate about sports. You can hear it in your voice when you talk about it already. But how did you actually get started in your sports investing career? Sure. Actually, it, it actually started as a kid. Uh, I'm one of those guys that used to bet on sports with friends as a kid. And then when the internet came out in the 90s, I was one of the first guys on sports on sports books. And I used to play professional poker played poker and made money doing it. I mean, it was how I made money during law school. I wouldn't say professional like I was, uh, you know, on TV as a poker shark, but I, I did play poker online and, and use the proceeds to live off of during law school. So, um, but started playing, uh, betting on sports even, even heavier. And during that time, it kind of transitioned from betting on sports to investing on sports because I started to approach the problem differently and said, you know, rather than me making some money, sometimes losing some money and doing just ad hoc betting, could I develop and, and build a system that was sustainable that could allow me to make money just like the stock market? Uh, my first cousin runs a hedge fund, and I was actually interested in pursuing that career because he was doing it, and it, it seemed very lucrative, and I just didn't have the right ma- mathematical mind for it. But, and I didn't really understand the business stock world, you know, how to forecast future earnings and, and why the market didn't adapt or react to things and how long each of those plays have to be, both shorts and longs. And, you know, if I was going to do it, I'd probably end up being a day trader because I just don't have the patience to, to, to wait months and months and months to see a, an investment for, to either come to fruition or fail. And what I loved about sports was it was a closed investment, right? You have a game. It happens at the end of the game. You either make money or you lose money based on something. So it really was how do I take betting and turn it into investing? And I tried to steal the principles from my cousin and from learning what I knew about hedge funds and stocks and real estate and all of those little variables and said, there has to be commonalities in certain pr- 
predictive abilities that you can use based on past results that can essentially predict the future outcome. And then you have this middleman called a sports book, which really kind of evens the playing field because in a lot of sports, you just bet on the best team. And if the, if the casino or the sports book didn't lay the right odds, it wasn't, it wasn't going to have a positive long-term EV or expected value. So what I, what I started to do was I really said, you know, there's got to be a way that we could invest in sports. And this was years ago and in law school, me and one of my law school buddies, uh, you know, kind of worked together to, to start building out little models and little strategies. And we call them profiles or parameters that we would use and say, okay, if these things occur, we're going to bet on that game. And, and of course, through trial and error and a lot of error and <laughs> uh, some wins along the way, we fine-tune that model, and we still do. I mean, that's that's a critical component that you can't sit on your laurels because, as you know, every year the rules of each sport change, the players change, the, the way they referee or, or manage the games change. And, you know, in hockey you went from five-on-five overtimes to four-on-four with a shootout at the end in the NFL there. The, the ability to use instant replay has changed a whole bunch. So each sport is is unique, and, and taking that concept of sports betting and spinning it on its head and saying if you approach it as an investment instead of as a bet, you take the emotion out of it and you start using objective criteria. We believe that you can um, you can make a long term sustainable income from it, and in turn, that's what, what I define as investing, and that's that's essentially how I got into sports investing. I love that approach. I love that analogy. Uh, and I know that you have your own internet marketing agency, even a celebrity partner. And how is business going for you? And what is it exactly, if you wouldn't mind sharing maybe just a tad bit that you specialize in? Sure. Uh, so what we do is, is we help companies expand their brand digitally. So what that means is if you have a, a business or a website and you're trying to either sell more of a product or a service, um, drive more traffic, or start building a list, or expand your digital footprint, we really come in and we use essentially, you want to go back to what we do, we use data, and that dictates everything. And so we help companies, usually companies that range between two and $100 million a year is kind of our sweet spot. And what we can, what we do very well is we can drive more specific track, targeted traffic to your site and get buyers there. So, you know, we're not these guys that are going to say, oh, we'll send you millions and millions of visitors like a lot of internet marketing agencies um, we don't take on every client. We actually turn down most co- companies that do approach us. Um, we don't have a big sales engine. And the reason why is we let the data dictate. If, if the data supports the fact that you're under-optimized, for lack of a better term, and, and we can come in and add value and drive traffic and make you more money, then that's what we call a win-win. And so um, we use data. If the data supports it, it we, we, we really do make magic. When it doesn't, unfortunately, we can't help you, and we don't want to be a cost center for anybody. So um, we try to get an ROI or return on investment for all of our clients within 90 days. And so every dollar they spend with us, they make money. And I can promise you when that happens, we don't have a short uh, relationship. It's a long-term relationship. It, they make more money. We make more money. They're happy. We're happy. So that's our ideal client and kind of what we do. And my partner is world-class at it. He's one of the best in the world. And we'll, we'll save uh, the rest of that for another conversation because this is more focused on sports investing. Okay, then we'll let you get back to talking about sports. I appreciate you sharing that with us, though. Uh, would you mind telling us a little bit about your Spartan games? Yeah, sure. That's just a hobby. Um, you know, I'm, I unfortunately wasn't built big enough or fast enough or strong enough to play professional sports. So, um, But I'm a big fitness guy. I work out five to six days a week. I stay in shape, and I play a lot of competitive sports, uh, baseball and Spartan races. And Spartan race, I love to compete. And since you, you know, obviously the ultimate level is on the professional basis, but the Spartan games and, you know, the tough mutters around the world, those are fun events. And uh, I got into that about two years ago and really loved the whole, the whole aspect of it, this competitive endurance race that kind of tried to 
take all the elements, right? It's not just an endurance event where the, the extreme endurance athletes are going to exceed. It's not just a strength competition where those biggest and strongest guys will succeed. And it's not just a sprinting competition where those quick, the, the, the quick fast twitch muscle athletes will succeed. It really was, hey, let's see who is the overall most athletic guy out here, and we're going to combine everything. You're going to have to do body weight exercises, running, hills, hiking, strength, endurance, speed, the whole thing, and, and it combines it all, and it's, it's uh, starting to finish, and there's a winner and a loser, and that's the ideal playing field that I like to have. So I kind of got into it, and, and I've been doing more and more of them. I actually haven't done one in about six months because I – injured myself, but I'm looking to get back into it here in 2014 and, and targeting actually the San Diego event in, uh, at the end of summer. So looking those are to growing really in popularity across the U S I see more and more popping up online every year. And, uh, we have a small window here in the Midwest and, and Ohio that, uh, in the summertime, a few short months that we could actually participate in those type of events, but there's more and more every year absolutely growing in popularity. They're fun. Yeah, I recommend you try one. It'd be, it'd be great to do one with you sometime. <laughs> I've done one a couple of years ago. I approached it more, uh, it was a date type of situation, and we had fun with it. We weren't real competitive about it. Our, our kind of end goal was to survive it and complete it, and we weren't so much worried about watching the time. Uh, so I think you would crush me in that, I'm sure. Well, as long as you had fun doing it, right? That's it. That was the name of the game. Well, I know you're a big fan of billionaire Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. I just wanted to ask you, do you have any quotes or concepts, maybe from his philosophy on athletics or business that have kind of influenced you? Yeah. Uh, you know, I like Mark Cuban. I think uh, he, you know, he, he lives the dream that, that I hope to fulfill one day, right, which is a businessman who made enough money to buy a professional sports team and then essentially gets to play fantasy basketball for real. So I think he is brilliant at, at business, and, and you can see him on Shark Tank and all these other things. And um, I am a big, big fan of his. Uh, some of his quotes, I guess, that have really stood out to me. Um, there's a few of them. Uh, one of them is uh, – this is now I'm going to quote Mark Cuban. I worked harder and smarter than most people in businesses I've been in. Um, that has really resonated well with me. Uh, you know, being a, recognizing that hard work is the hard work is the foundation of all success. And he's really kind of been a big believer and an advocate of that. Um, he also has another quote. I love to compete to me. Business is the ultimate sport. It's always on. There's always someone trying to beat me. And because of my competitive nature and what drives me, I, I resonate really well with that. And uh, finally, his last one, which I find funny, but uh, it applies to sports investing and business as a whole, is I don't care what anyone says, being rich is a good thing. And um, money is a motivator for me. So I like that quote because I agree. Uh, you know, as uh, <laughs> Tosh, Tosh, the comedian once said, you know, you've never seen someone not happy on a jet ski. So making money <laughs> is not the only thing, but uh, <laughs> it, makes life, uh, it makes life a lot more fun when you have the stresses relieved that not having enough money has and, and having been all across the spectrum of, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a billionaire like Mark Cuban and I'm not uh, some of the richest athletes in the world, but I, I work hard and, and money is definitely a motivator and sports investing is a great way to, to kind of mix passion and, and money at the same way and make money doing, enjoying and doing something that you love. So, well, since we're talking about money, let's stay on that topic if you don't mind for a minute. And would sure. you mind talking a little bit about your bankroll management system? Yeah, so one of the things that we said was, how do we become a millionaire betting on sports, right? Because you have sports, and if, you, if you're a $1 better, a $100 better, a $1,000 better, a $100,000 better, you have to 
in order to get to that next level as far as what you have in your bankroll, so to speak, you have to have a plan. And I think too many people who bet on sports or try to invest on sports just don't have that plan. So what we did before we actually built systems or profiles is we worked backwards and we said, okay, I want to make a million dollars. I have a thousand dollars. How do I do it? And so, um, we, we developed a, and it's not developed. We, we used math and we figured out that if we double our money every six months for five years and we have a thousand dollars in five years, we could be millionaires. So that really made it the, the process somewhat simple for us. We're not trying to be make, turn a thousand into a million dollars year one. We're not trying to do it in two years. All we're trying to do is say, can we build systems through the four major sports? Cause those are the four that, that I really invest in, which is major league baseball, national football league, the national basketball association and the national hockey league with the caveat being I might be dropping my NHL system until we fine tune it is how do we do that and, and double our money every six months? And being the fact that traditionally you have two to three sports going on at any given time with two, for the most part, two and then one in the summer and, and then fall one until uh, basketball and hockey pick up, can it be done? And so we really worked backwards and said conservatively and safely, can we do this? And if so, how do we ascertain that? And so we built a, a bankroll management system where we aim to win one to 3% of our bankroll um, on any given wager. And the JFEN system is more of a chase tiered structured system. So it's a little different than traditional flat betting or straight wagers. But we know that if we, the amount of risk to reward port ratio, and it's always being fine tuned even still to, to, to this day, but essentially by, by making sure that you're only risking a small percentage of your bankroll to, and you're only necessarily going after and trying to win a small percentage of your bankroll, it allows you to sustain the losses you're going to sustain. And then when you make your wins, you'll, you should have enough plays through our profiles to double your, your money every six months. And at the end of the year, you should have doubled your money twice. And if you take a thousand and you double it, you have two, you take it and double it again, you have four and that's at the end of year one. And if you extrapolate that math throughout five years, you'll turn a thousand into a million or a hundred into, you know, whatever number it is that works for you. For me, it was a million and that's the number that I wanted to hit. So that was the number that we used. I love that the listeners, especially the new guys to the show and the new guys to sports investing, I know it might sound like just a, a play on words, but I think you're really defining the major difference between what I would call sports betting and sports investing. That long-term approach and the mentality of reverse engineering it and having the the mathematics and the mindset and constantly studying and fine-tuning that system is really what sports investing, I believe, is, is all about and what separates it from betting. Well, let's yes. touch on sports handicapping. Um, you've been running several successful systems, without a doubt, in the Z-Code VIP Club. Uh, would you mind telling us a little bit more about your MLB system? Sure. So my MLB system is traditionally a three-tier system. What that means is is that if a play qualifies, it's a team. So if the San Diego Padres qualify for a play today, it means that we have looked at the next three or, you know, normally it's three, but it could be four if it's a four-game series or two if, if other uh, four, uh, parameters come out. But let's just use three. We, look, we have already looked at the next three games, the three pitching matchups, what we anticipate the, the lines to be from the sports books, and certain pro parameters have been met we are going to bet on the Padres to win one of the next three games. And that is the critical difference between my system and other systems is you don't need to win all three. You don't need to win two out of three. We just need to win one. As soon as we win one, we close the set and move on. And so if in game one, we want to win 1% of our bankroll. And if your bankroll was a thousand or a hundred dollars, let's make it the math smaller. We would, we would risk whatever we needed to risk to win $1. 
And then if we lose that game in game two, we recoup our losses from game one. So if we had standard minus 110 line, uh, we would have risked a dollar ten to win a dollar. Game two, we need to win two dollars and ten cents. So whatever the odd line happens to be, we need to risk whatever we need to risk to win two dollars and ten cents. So when we win that game, one of those three, we've recouped all of our losses and still netted in our pocket that one percent. And that's the foundation of the JFN system: is that every win we put a profit on the board. We don't just recoup losses. And so we know, and we win at about a ninety-three, ninety-four percent clip. If you if you go back and and look at it. We know that we can withstand the losses because in a chase or tiered approach like we have, you will have losses, and losses are going to be large because, as you can imagine, to bet to win $2 even at minus 110, you're going to be risking another two. So after two games, you've risked $3 to still only win a dollar. You miss that. Next, in tier three, we're going to have to win around five. So even if you only have to risk another five on even money, you've now risked $9 or 9% of your bankroll to win one, and that's with low odds. So it is critical that the parameters and profiles that we use work but beyond that, when we take a win, we have to put that profit in the, in the bank. So we know that if we do take a 9, 10, 11, or 12% loss, we're only giving away profit and we're staying ahead of the curve. And at the end of the season, we could be up 60, 70, 80, 90, or whatever we happen to be up. So the MLB system, though, is, is it's about it's four different specific profiles that all did predicate a, whether or not it's a play. There's quite a lot of variables that we can get into you know, probably on a second or third interview down the track, but um, that's the foundation of the MLB system. It's worked really well. It's a fun system. It's a little bit better than it's my number two system. My number one is my NFL system for those who have followed. Uh, for those who haven't, it is the it is the creme de la creme of all of the different sports that we invest in. It's where we make the majority of our money. Uh, we've only taken one loss in the last three years, and for those who have followed can can, can attest to that. And it's it's really a special system. But baseball's number two without a doubt. It's great because the principles of baseball are a lot easier to bet on than the principles of basketball or hockey. And the reason being is in basketball, you have a lot of the fouling at the end of games, which can really throw a line out the window, regardless of if you are right or wrong. And then in hockey, you have too many one-run games and, and an overtime situation with a shootout, which can completely alter the whole dynamic. Where in baseball, you really get to use the foundations of pitching and defense and hitting and field and um, a few other variables that I think we'll get into later. Uh, but it, it really allows for a very sustainable approach. So when you build a profile that works on baseball, you won't be having to change it too often, and you won't find too many outliers. Well, what are the key factors when analyzing MLB baseball games then? I mean, what parameters and filters are you using? So I use quite a bit, but number one is always pitching. Um, it, it, it's kind of the foundation for all sports. If you look at football, defense is, is the essential piece. I mean, you had the number one offense probably of all time in the Super Bowl versus one of the greatest defenses of all time. And if anyone who didn't see it, the defense uh, kicked, kicked, uh, kicked the offense butt up and down the field. In baseball, it's, it's pitching, right? You can have the best hitting lineup in the world. The, the, you know, you can have the Angels with Trout and Hamilton and Pujols to the Yankees of old, to the Rockies. To, you can name all the best hitting teams, but the teams that will be there in the end are traditionally the ones that have pitching because he got the ball and he's commanding the game. And, and a top pitcher is, is the number one thing. So we make sure that the teams that we're betting on have a pitching edge for sure in games one and three. If it's, we don't have an edge in game three, it will probably be a two-game series or a non-bet. Game two, the middle game is less important because obviously if you try to always have a pitching edge, you're not going to have many plays. Um, but the, having the, the pitching edge is, is the foundation of where we start. Usually the sports books will give the line or the better edge. You know, the, the team that's favored will be the team with the better pitching because they can control the outcome. 
So pitching is first and foremost. We like to bet on home teams. I mean, who doesn't, right? Home team is a, is a huge advantage for a lot of teams, not, not necessarily all of them, but it's very hard to get swept at home. So since we are doing a three-tier chase, um, we look for situations where the home team has pitching advantage. And then, of course, we also have to make sure that the line is in check. This is the, another mistake I see a lot of. A lot of newer sports betting, sports investors do. I see it on the boards quite a bit, actually, inside of Z-Code, and I get a lot of emails or, or questions in, in the forums about it. And it's, you know, when you have these crazy lines like minus 240, minus 230, I mean, you are, that is a big line. And it's critical to understand that, especially in my system. Of course, if you're doing a straight or flat betting, this might not be as applicable. I believe it is, but I'm not, uh, I don't have a flat, straight bet system. So I'm going to speak to what I do have. When, when the lines are bad, the cost basis for us to play this through is going to be too too high, and it's going to make it unplayable, and it's going to have what we would call a long-term negative EV or expected value. So if we did this 100 times, even if we're right 70 out of 100 or 7 out of 10, we could still lose money because the lines aren't right. So I would say that if you are just starting or you're, you're trying to build a system, I would look at pitching. I would look at home field advantage. I would look at the lines and make sure that they're playable. And by playable, it's just understand the, the ratios and percentages and, and see what, how many times out of 10 you have to be right. And if it's too high, if you have to be right nine out of 10 times, the chances are it's, a, it's going to be a, a long-term loser for you. And then also take, make sure that the three, four, and five hitters, the team that you're betting on, happen to be there. That's traditionally um, their best hitters. It doesn't have to be all three. Each team's going to be unique and different. But make sure that the guys that are there that truly are the run producers, whether they're setting the table or driving them in, they're playing and healthy. Like the Milwaukee Brewers don't have Ryan Braun right now, so we would not play that team. We would not even if they qualified on all the other elements, they're missing their their best hitter. And for us, that's a that's a non-playable play. We find that that's just too often is going to end up in a in a bad, hairy situation where they're going to lose some two to one, three to two games, and games that they could have won or you know, but they left too many runners in scoring position. So those are the the key the key pieces that we use. And then obviously, um, I have specific ones that that I don't necessarily like to share because uh, they're, they're the JFN system, but um, that's kind of how we built the MLB system. Okay, so the lines might create some things that you won't touch. What what would you say is the biggest challenge in sports investing? Or at least what are your uh, biggest challenges? You know, the biggest, well, my biggest challenge is obviously having the uh, confidence in the system that even when you take some Big, so because we are a tiered approach, our tier three losses or our official losses are big, right? So let's just say that they're all around 12 to 15%. So if, if we take two 15% losses, we just wiped out 30 wins in a matter of minutes. And having the confidence to put your money back in, knowing that you're on another tier three when you just lost two and you feel like you can't win a game, and you've had games that on paper you're like, I don't know how we lost this game, but yet we did and we lost it two in a row. And here we are back at another tier three after just losing two more and understanding that just like flipping a coin, I could flip a coin a hundred times. If 90 of them are heads, it doesn't mean the next one's going to be heads. It is a 50, 50 play on the next spin. And I have to ignore and have, I guess what you would call a, a short memory and ignore what happened yesterday. That if you have the right system and you have confidence in your system, it, it's having the self-discipline and confidence to follow through with the plan you've laid out. Right or wrong, a bad plan is better than no plan. So have a plan and follow it. And at the end, you'll if you if you've done the the back testing and you've done and you've been using the same system or you're building a new one, failure is not the end of the world, right? So it's you have a bankroll, you're going to use the bankroll, see it through, and don't be the scared. Money doesn't make money. I guess is the uh, is the, the the saying, but that's 
over the years, that's been one of the hardest challenges for me is just having the self-discipline to follow it regardless, you know, against all adversity or whatever comes up. Yeah. When you were first describing your tiered approach and that five-year goal of reaching a million dollars, I started thinking about those tier three bets uh, when you're in maybe year three and four, (laughs) what those numbers might look like. I guess you would have to have a lot of confidence in what you were doing (laughs) when you got into those years. I can tell you from personal experience that uh, some of the some of the most nerve-wracking games you have ever been a part of. But you know that the again that is the the million to five mil, or, sorry thousand to a million is, is really just what it was for me, and it's just to use as an sure. example. A lot of people don't want or need to do that. You can get to a point where hey, now you have an established bankroll where you can live off the profits each year and leave the principal in the system. And that is the, that should be, you know, anyone who wants to be a professional sports investor, that should be your goal, right? To, to have a big enough bankroll to where you live off the profits or enjoy the fruits of the profits and you leave the principal alone so it can just keep making you money and be your golden goose. Um, whatever number that is for you is the right number. And I wouldn't suggest that you follow anyone else's number because it's your life. So you have to live it how you want. Well, on that note, and I look forward to reading more on your systems and following them. Uh, throughout the rest of this year, as well as a lot of other people. But for us, I'm a noob, and for the other newbies to to the forms and to Z-Code and to sports investing altogether, um, what are some tips to those who are just starting out with sports investing? Um, I mean, we kind of touched on, and if you want to reiterate it, that's fine, but the long-term approach and then uh, not being emotional, and, and you've already talked a little bit about handling the uh, the confidence, I guess, would be another one. But if you want to drill down on one of those points or just something you think that us new guys really need to know. Yeah, I would first say work backwards. You know, I may, and I'll say it again, it's one of the quotes that I I give to everybody around me and and, uh, probably ad ad nauseum, but a bad plan is better than no plan. So have a plan. Know what you're trying to do. If you're, if you really are sports investing and not just betting on sports because you like to bet on sports, which there's nothing wrong with that's a huge huge amount of people bet on sports just because they love sports and they want to put some action on it. If that's what you're doing, that's great. If you're trying to do it from a sports investing perspective, know what you're trying to get out of it. Where are you trying to go and what do you need to do to get there? If you're already there, great. How do you stay there? So if you follow a few experts, whether they're on Z code or systems that you built yourself, great. Stick with them. Have a defined bankroll. I see too many and even friends of mine who I give, I give place to and, and I helped out and I help out along the way you know, they fall victim to, well, I need to pay rent this month. So I took some money out of my bankroll. Now I don't have as much of a bankroll as I started with. Well, that's okay. But I would say to you, don't do that. If you only have $10 to be, do your bankroll with, then use $10, put it aside and don't touch it. That's your sports investing bankroll. And you need that because that's what you're going to build off of. So have a predetermined and set aside amount of money that no matter what happens, you can't touch it almost like a 401k. And you use that to grow because if you approach it that way, you won't dip into it and you won't be in a situation where you have that tier three if you follow my system or a great, you know, play of the day or play of the week, play of the year where you have to get down and you just don't have the bankroll to do it because you use those monies for something else. Don't put yourself in that position. That's uh, first and foremost. The second one that I would say to you is long term, right? You have to look at it like whatever happens today doesn't matter. Whether we win, we lose. I get it. I mean, I like I'm human, so I get excited when we win and I get bummed when we lose. But Understand that it is a lifelong or year-long or season-long investment if you're doing sports investing as a career or as a real hobby or a passion. What happens today doesn't matter. You know, I get a lot of questions like, hey, you just took two more 
two or three losses, are you, are you concerned? Should I be concerned? The answer is no, because my system, and I share the picks every day, has proven to be long-term positive and making me money every single year, year over year. And so I know that regardless of what happens today, at the end of the year, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make more money than I started with. And so I have to have that confidence and discipline to just see it through and really not get discouraged because 162-game-long ba- baseball season is a long time. Teams are going to struggle. The Braves just lost seven in a row before winning last night. That's going to happen again. Some of the best teams are going to lose and get swept by the worst teams in the NFL. Teams lose NHL, NBA, same thing. LeBron and, his, and the Miami Heat have gone on, you know, lost six out of eight in, in runs like that. It's going to happen. These are human beings. They're going to catch colds. They're going to get sick. They're going to be thinking about a fight they had with their wife or girlfriend or kids or whatever other struggles they have. They are humans playing the game. So understand that what you're looking for is a set of parameters that over the long run prove out to be a winner. Nothing's 100%, especially in sports. So you have to step back from the game. And that's the hardest thing as a sports fan for me to do. And that's why I try not to uh, watch, and uh, and this will be funny, I try not to, to watch a lot of the games that I bet on, I'd rather watch the games I'm not betting on and do research and homework on the other games because I've already put my money in, so my money's in. What the outcome's going to be is going to be. I'd rather look for, for soft plays elsewhere, and I found that that's helped me, but that's just a personal tip. Yeah, it'll keep you from getting an ulcer as a young man. Yeah, and, and keeping <laughs> some of the hair on my head. <laughs> there you go. Well, Jeff, I know you're limited on time today. I This has been really great, very interesting. You're a very knowledgeable and passionate guy Really appreciate having you on the show, and I hope that uh, you will allot us the time to have you back uh, maybe one or two or three or more times because I've really got some more questions I'd like to get out of you. Uh, we look forward to following you in the system at Z Code VIP Club and just really wish you all the best of luck this year. Thank you so much, and I appreciate it. And if anyone has questions, you can always find me on Z Code. Um, I'm there just under the name Jay Finn. Hey guys, I just wanted to take a minute and let you know that I really love making this podcast and interviewing these guests. And I want to ask a favor of you to make sure that this show is as great to listen to for you as it is to make for me. If there is a specific topic about Z-Code or sports betting that you want us to address on one of our upcoming podcasts, or maybe even a sports investor that you would like to hear an interview with, I need to know about that. Please go over to iTunes, leave us hopefully a good review, and in that review, tell us what you'd like to hear more of on this show. We are putting this show together to help you become the best sports investor you can be, and we really want and need your input. So do me that favor. Go over to iTunes and do it right now. It'll only take a minute. That's going to help this show grow in popularity. That's going to help us know what you are wanting to hear on the show. That's going to help get the word out, and this community is only going to continue to grow and to get better, and it's a win for everybody. And that's what we're here for is to make winners. See you in the next episode, and have a fantastic day. Thanks for tuning in.